With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three. Hello, I'm Charles Commons and this is It's All Cobblers to Me and the first show of 2020. We're going to be here throughout the year making sure you get your fix of Northampton Town chat. So it's a happy new year to you and a happy new year to Danny Brothers and Chessie Coleman. Happy new year, Charles. Happy new year. Very happy new year, I have to say. Oh, very happy New Year, very really. Year. Well, have you got a new some... cat, have you? I don't know, but, um, <laughs> but we put a few goals in the Burton net today and that was fun. We did indeed, and happy. we will certainly be talking about that later on. Um, have a good Christmas, New Year. We've obviously been apart for about two weeks. I've been having withdrawal symptoms. I don't know about you, Chessie. I've been held hostage in my own town because our road's been shut because the <laughs> cliff's about to fall off. But other than that, I, normal. I, do you know what? If you can Google uh, watch it uh, at any point in your life, do so because their news will be full of this fallen cliff. Watch it is literally falling into the sea, isn't it, Jesse? It is indeed. It's um, it's pretty close now. The pub uh, just up the road from us is is pretty much going to go imminently. So uh, that's yeah. how bad it is. The pub has shut down. It's dreadful. <laughs> yeah, no, the, yeah. The the pub shut down about a year ago now. 
because oh. it's so close to falling off the edge they actually can't can't uh use it anymore it's too dangerous climate change doesn't exist though does it guys uh, <laughs> so shall we talk about some cobblers then um first of all i actually want to say a big mahaba i think that's how you say it to emin erkan who listens to us all the way over in turkey emin got in touch to say that he can't leave a review for the podcast mainly because probably he's listening to turkish apple itunes or something like that uh, but if he could then he would try and leave us more than five stars thank you very much emin uh, you can leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts or whichever app that you choose to use or just i don't know send us a lovely message like emin did it will help people to find the show and obviously it will make us all feel really good about doing the podcast so if you've got a spare couple of minutes go on give us a five-star review i'm chris freestone and it's all cobblers to me right christmas did we have a good one? I don't mean you, Chessie. I mean the cobblers. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, indifferent, I'd say, was probably the the accurate word. Um, uh, the cruelty game we we best not really talk about because I mean I've erased it from my memory. Um, but I think we we went as far as maybe not redeeming ourselves, but but recovering slightly against Cheltenham. I think a draw on paper before we'd played cruelly would have been perfect at Cheltenham, or sorry, against Cheltenham. But in hindsight, we could have done with a win off the back of the Crawley result. But uh, in fairness, I do think they did okay against Cheltenham. I know we had a discussion at halftime against Cheltenham and, and you guys felt very differently to what I felt. I felt like we were in the game and we played quite well, but you guys disagreed with that. So, you know, everyone has a different interpretation of it. But I always kind of look at the way we've come from the last game I went to. And because obviously I don't get up to many games, the last one I went to was Exeter and that was horrendous. So... I felt like it was a step forward, um, but I don't go as regularly as you guys go. So for me, my opinion is slightly different, I think. Yeah, I, that's fair enough, I think. I mean, the one thing is that, so since we were last here in your ears, um, we, the Cobblers lost 4 nil to Crawley on Boxing Day. Um, after that, in fact, was after getting a one-all draw away at Mansfield. Um, Crawley was the the deep, depressing sort of, oh no, I didn't get all the presents I wanted, Santa, I hate you, uh, of Boxing Day, uh, followed up by that one-all draw against Cheltenham on the Sunday, and then we managed to win 1-0 um, uh, at home to Stevenage in the very last minute on New Year's Day. Now, I, I personally was at the Cheltenham game, Danny, I know you weren't, but I was sat there and, my goodness, I was bored. I really was. And I mean, there's been an awful lot of chatter on the social media and the forums and, and everything over the last few days about is entertaining football what matters or is it results? That day while I was sat there, oh, oh, it, entertaining football was all I wanted. We could have lost 4-0 and I'd have been happier than I was sat there watching that. I really would have been. Yeah, your uh, your WhatsApp messages said it all, didn't they? <laughs> that day. Um it's, it's such a weird, difficult time. I know it's a bit of a cliche to say, but it is a tough time in the Christmas period uh, to come through and you look at it and you've got three games in, what, about 10 days or something, was it? Mm-hmm. And you just kind of look at it and you think, well, let's just get out of it the other side and see where we are because it's, I think, Crawley aside, if, it, if that Crawley abomination hadn't happened, I think we'd be looking at it a pretty decent period of games. But I do think 
after Crawley, we needed something that was a bit of a recovery and not just if we'd have lost that game, we would have been in trouble, I think, and the people would have been turning a lot quicker and probably as quick as you were in the stands against Cheltenham. I think if we'd have lost that game, we start to go on a bit of a downward spiral, but getting that equaliser and then getting that winner against Stevenage is as bad as that game was as well. Um, I just think that the thing we've got is got to come through it and get pick up the points. And if we're, we're still in the mix, kind of still within a couple of points of the playoffs and still within a few points of the top three, we're still in it. It's still the same league as it was the other side of it. We're, I, I don't think there's any need to panic. Um, and we're going to start playing weekly again now. Um, until we start uh, the cut run continues. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so I think it will settle down, basically. I, th- I think it is going to get a little bit more settled and hopefully, I think we're going to come on to it later, but the games, the days like today, sort of bring things back into focus and bring everyone back on board, I think. Yeah, I mean, after the Stevenage win, I mean, we tweeted out to sort of say, you know, does that last minute winner make up for the uh, the performance? And Dan Clark got in touch to basically say that it was a typical Keith Curl performance. Uh, results may be different each week, but the performances and style of play will always stay the same. We win ugly, draw uninspiringly and lose spectacularly um, and he said that he's finding it really difficult enjoy, uh, to enjoy being a Cobblers fan at the moment um, what do you think Jesse I mean you actually said that you enjoyed the Cheltenham game didn't you yeah it's I think for me I look at it in a, a very different perspective which I know for a lot of Cobblers fans who are going to be sat listening to thinking what is she talking about well yes I think very differently because obviously I'm not in a position where I go every week. So for me, I always, like I said earlier, I base it on what I saw before. And because for me, I felt like we were slightly more comfortable, slightly more relaxed, slightly more in control against Cheltenham than what we were against Exeter. Because Exeter, you kind of knew where it was going as soon as Exeter scored. And we kind of crumbled. But against Cheltenham... We didn't, but I completely get where this bloke on Twitter is coming from because the style of play isn't attractive, but it is getting the job done. And is it at this point in the season just trying to get as many points on the board as, as we can and then then start in a big run? I think it's quite difficult to, to criticise too heavily given the league position that we're in, but equally you guys are paying 20-odd quid a week to go so you're completely entitled to want to be entertained as well so it's it's it swings in roundabouts it really does it's it's very difficult to to overanalyze because you end up in a rut of of just kind of going back and forward between each argument it's it's very difficult um for me we're getting points I always want to be entertained and I want to see them put effort in and for me against Cheltenham, they really did put a lot of effort in and I was impressed with the way they played, especially uh, the likes of Dane Oliver, who just ran his socks off. You know, I that's what I want to see. That's what I pay my money to see. I pay my money to see players to put their shirt on and play for the team. And that's what I got against Cheltenham. And compared to the Exeter match, which was the one I went to before, I saw a lot more of. So for me, that's that's what I think. See, I mean, we, we also had Martin Hasker getting in touch to basically ask why... Why was there the negativity in the first place? The glasses always seems to be half empty. We won, so be happy. I mean, obviously, we did go on a nice unbeaten run, didn't we, before Christmas? Was it eight games or something like that? And 
were we playing exactly the same sort of style of football? We, we probably were. We were probably still doing the same thing. The thing that I was getting annoyed at watching the Cheltenham game was that basically it seemed as though all we would do is just put the ball all the way up the pitch from the defence, missing out in the midfield, and it would just nine times out of ten come straight back. Um, and that's what I was basically not happy with watching. Um, and as you say, Jesse, paying that amount of money to go and watch it. Um, but there have been times in the past, haven't there? And this is something else that's been said time and time again. Calderwood, Atkins, um, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of other managers before, Boothroyd even. Um, you know, we've not necessarily played inspiring, entertaining football, but it has been successful. Is it a case maybe that this is how you have to play to win points in League Two? But once you get into League One, that's when you can start being more entertaining and being more expressive. What do you think, Danny? Yeah, I think there's some, definitely something in that. We we have proved before, obviously, in the world of it's a bit of an anomaly, but that we can play football and get out of it at the same time. But I just, I just feel that League Two is just that league you've just got to get out of. And then I feel like in League One, we can breathe a little bit, especially with our expectations. We, we Once we're out of League Two, it feels like once we get to League One, it, there's a bit of a less of an expectation of us to go up again. So we've got a little bit of time to actually resettle and to start playing football and to bring in the right players that, that can start to build something from there. But I just think League Two is such a dog of a league. And it's, it's just such a... You do get a lot of tripe football and it's not just us. It's teams coming, especially to Sixfields, to to set up to draw or to get a point because we've got such a decent record. We came into, I think, the Cheltenham game on the back of about six straight wins, didn't we, at home? And teams pick up on that and they, they say, oh, we'll, we'll accept a point there. We'll go and dig one out, especially in the Christmas period. Um, so it's not just about how we're playing. I think it's about how other teams come and set up against us. And we've seen today that once a team gives us a bit of space, we can actually create something a lot bigger and better with the players that we've got. Um and I, I just think it was a little bit reactive. Um, the some of the comments that were coming out after the after the Cheltenham game, um, and even the Stevenage game as well, that the people were <laughs> some people calling for his head still, <laughs> and I just find it a bit baffling. And it, it kind of reminded me of a time under under Calderwood where we'd beaten Torquay on a Friday night to go third. They thought we'd won one nil, and before we'd scored the goal. Some mm. people were chanting Colin to Forrest because there was always the, the link between Colin Calderwood and Forrest even before he went. And some of our fans were, were chanting Colin to Forrest. <laughs> and I was just finding it ridiculous that that was happening. And I do get it because you want to be entertained week in, week out, ideally. But I do also think once we get a few weeks down the line and there's a playoff place to, ch- to chase or hopefully a third yeah. place to chase if we can get back up there and in amongst it, um, that becomes entertaining in itself because we're chasing something and I do think we've got the characters to say, if you don't like the manager, fine. But I don't see how anyone can not get behind some of these players that we've got. Um, so get behind the players instead. And again, the, the mm. fans can lift themselves. We've seen it time and again. Um, our fans can get behind the team and can create an atmosphere. And I think we've just got to push on together because even if we, if you know, if Cole was to get sacked tomorrow which obviously it's not going to. What comes in? Who comes in to change it and to make it any better? Does it have a, the opposite effect? Gary, Gary Megson is and the answer to, to that uh, question. <laughs> yeah, Gary Megson. <laughs> not Gary. It's Neil Warnock about <laughs> after seeing him there today. Um, 
But yeah, if, uh, you know what I mean? This is kind of like, would we be straight mm. back to it? And I do feel like the players are on Curl's wavelength. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you know, um, they're behind him. And I think that's all we can ask for for now. And I think we will have stuff to fight for in the next few months. Um, do, do you think... On two fronts. Yeah, yeah, yeah on two fronts. Do, do you think, Chessie, maybe it's a, an age thing? I mean, you're... Well, there is an age gap on this podcast. Me and Neil are the really old fogies. <laughs> um, and Danny's slightly younger. And then, Chessie, you're obviously the baby. Um, do you think it's an age thing? Are we just being, you know, old farts and negative and, you know... Whereas maybe you guys, the youth, are a bit more glass half full. Um, do you know what? I don't think so. I I do think I I think I feel that I know from my opinion what the issue with with the idea of being entertained is, and I've said it so many times before. It's that twenty sixteen year, because especially my generation, we that's the only outstanding cobblers team that we know and remember really um all right we were very young when we went off and did um Wembley in 97 but again that wasn't that wasn't great football but we are so quick at the moment in the last few years to drop into that oh this is what Wilder did we've we've got to Mm -hmm. forget that we've got Mm. to forget it and I said as well when we when I first came on here as well for us as a club to move forward we have to let go of that and we haven't and I think so many people say, but Wilder did, did this. Yeah, he did. He's a magician. He's sitting way up in the Premier League with mm. a side that arguably have no right to be there, but somehow he's got them there. Mm. And it's like we need to move away from this thing that that we've got about 2016 because realistically, I've been watching the Cobblers for 25 years-ish, right? And it's not going to happen again in the next mm-hmm. 20 years maybe 50 years it's just not going to happen we have to get rid of that that ideology that we're going to come out and we're going to you know tear apart teams it's not going to happen it is like danny said it's dog eat dog and it's just a case of going in getting as many points as you can by whichever means now you tell me coldwood atkins was it pretty no was it successful yes there's your answer. That's the sort of thing you remember. Is do you remember all the results, um, the performances under those managers? No. Do you remember the last day of the season being on the pitch against Chester? Yes. Mm. You remember yeah. that. You remember the moments. You remember the the times and the feelings behind it. Um, and for the and, and this club does do well at those moments. <laughs> like like we've we've seen another one of them today. And like you can go back to all sorts of them. Like the playoffs like Anfield, like Wembley, and all that. That we respond so well as a town to these big moments and no one remembers the middle of the season, December, January time, what the results were. Who cares, frankly, as long as you go up, who cares? I don't care. Exactly. And it's a drag and obviously it is a drag on the way. And there are going to be times when, when we think, what's the point? This is such bad football, all all that kind of thing. But end of the day, the thing that matters is that Andy Williams scored in the 94th minute and we got the three points. Mm Um, and the big moments then hopefully look after themselves. Also as well, I think that Northampton Town is kind of built on those kind of moments in, in a strange kind of way. Like we all, you know, found it absolutely hilarious when some bloke was wandering around with a plastic chair when we beat M- M- <laughs> when we drew against MK Dons in, in the in the death in like the 96th minute at Christmas. But that's what this club is built on. That's what this club, you know, we're not there to go and win leagues year after year. We're not there to be in the championship in the Premier League back to back. We're there for those moments. This is what us as fans are great at. We are great at whinging, 
when it's not going to right. We're great <laughs> at right whinging there. when it is going right. <laughs> but what we're also really, really good at is we're really, really good at appreciating those stupid little things that actually it mean nothing really, but they have such sentiment to us because we are a small club. I'm Nicky Adams and it's all cobblers to me. Let's go and talk about another one of those moments then. Today, the Cobblers, uh, as we record, went away to Burton Albion. And the Cobblers were looking to get through to the fourth round of the FA Cup for the first time since 2004. Am I right? 2004, Rotherham and Wonderful, wonderful evening in the north. (laughs) I remember it well. I wasn't there, but I was listening. <laughs> I don't think I remember it that well, and I wasn't. Oh, uh, but yeah, so we were looking to try and uh, repeat the feat, um, going away from home in the third round of the FA Cup, try to get through to round four, and we only went and bloody did it, didn't we? Oh, <laughs> we bloody did. I, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't expecting that, were you? No, no, I was going to say, when that... When that draw was made, we were all sat there like, oh, Burton was one of the worst draws we could have possibly got <laughs> because it's away against a League One team. No one saw that coming, did they? We thought, oh, we'll, we'll go out with a win by like one or two nil probably yeah. or maybe scratch a replay. But uh, we were just on top and completely wanted it a lot more, didn't we, from the start? And you could tell the players had just that desire to go and win and Burton just didn't. I think they had a spell at the, the both start of both halves maybe the uh, 10 15 minutes that they did try and go for it but i just thought we were outstanding all over the park weren't we just in what performance i mean i mean it was summed up for me really really well i'm going to try and find the tweet now that was sent through um which was just fantastic so this is a burton albion fan at about mm-hmm. half-time, saying, never normally tweet at half-time when I'm at a match, but this is worth talking about. I've seen Premier League sides come to the Pirelli and not dominate a game like this. NTFC have been absolutely first-class and should be even further ahead than they are now, which at the time we were 3-1 up. That was Edward Walker. And I'll be honest, I mean, from the first moments of the game, we just looked like we were hungry for that win, didn't we? Um and I'm so pleased that Nicky Adams scored. He loved it, didn't he? He absolutely loved it. And it was a really, really good goal as well from him. But then to go, you know, and get that second, you kind of felt, well, I did watching it. I kind of felt like we'll get a second. I can feel it. I can see it. But there was a bit of me going, we'll get a second. And, you know, will we go on and win it? I'm not too sure. Um even when you know, even when we got the third, I was I was jubilant. I was thinking, "What's going on here?" And but there was a thing in the back of my mind, Chessie. After yesterday, Tranmere coming back from three 0 down, I thought, "Oh, it would just be such a typical Keith Curl cobbler's side to throw away this, wouldn't it?" <laughs> I think I think it was it was quite ironic in a way, really, that that we didn't. I think that I think you're right there was some, something about this game that that just meant that they were on a mission and by however means they were going to win it. Um, but it was one of those games that had a feeling about it from early on. I think po- possibly for the number of fans that, that travelled, which always, always helps. But it was just one of those games where we kind of thought, you know, we could do this. And I think as well, we felt that quite early on because all, all, all four of us, uh, 
predicted wins, didn't we? From 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 yesterday when we were talking about it, we all thought, you know, we're well, win me this. and Danny both went for draws, didn't we? In the oh, first, but, yeah, and we would, yeah, yeah, yeah we would draw, win yeah. eventually, but we'd yeah. win via the replay, yeah, via the replay, yeah. And it's 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 like it's almost one of those games where you're kind of on that that underdog effect and, and, and mm. you you want it a bit more than them. And, you know, at half time we kind of all were laughing like, oh, yeah, we'll throw this away. But actually, realistically, I don't think we were going to. And I think everybody knew we weren't going to. We were, we were just on it. We were just on it. And they knew what they wanted to do. They, they, they'd set up really well with fair play to Keith Curl. He'd, he'd set up really well. And and at halftime, a lot of us were talking about, oh, maybe we're going to shut up shop. And actually, it didn't really seem like that. We did to start with. I knew, I think, that we were going to have to ride out that pressure for the first 15 minutes. But once we'd sustained that, I think I think everyone knew what was going to happen. It was a really well-rounded result and a, a nice reflection, actually, for League Two. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that, actually. It was. It showed that not only us as Northampton can play football and can be entertaining but it also showed that you know league two footballers and league two teams they're they're not there just to make up the numbers they are there to try and 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 do well and and to perform um I mean Port Vale yesterday I mean I know that they got trounced in the end 4-1 but who cares who cares (laughs) but the fact that they got to score and I mean Tom Pope as well I mean don't get me wrong I'm not a huge fan of Port Vale at all but the the fact that that Tom Pope, who likes to give it some on Twitter, and certainly did last summer uh, against the or about John Stones, and then he goes and scores when John Stones is on the pitch and and play. I thought it, it's just it's a great story, and that's what yeah. the FA Cup is all about. Definitely, it's about that. What what I found particularly today, I don't know about you guys, but I've just been so dragged down by football with VAR and all this kind of thing. Watching match mm-hmm. of the day. Um, and just constant, constant mentions of VAR. Someone's armpits <laughs> offside. Someone's back toes offside, back and all this toe. kind of thing. And back toe. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> Someone, yeah. Someone's back toe is. So was there one and where the players were just, actually facing the wrong way, and they were checking whether one's heel uh, was in front of the other? Yeah, yeah, there was, that, yeah I think heel it was the yeah. word I was looking for, back Charles. <laughs> um, but it's just you do get dragged down, and I think today was just one of those moments. It, it, Kind of to me, compared to a bit like the World Cup when England were just yeah. doing things that were ridiculous, and just that feeling of such like exhilaration that you feel of just like this isn't supposed to be happening, but it is, and you could, and it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps happening. We score again. It's like this never happens, but it is now, and it's just that you kind of lose that feeling sometimes that that can happen in football, and for it to just be like a run of the like a you know a, something that. A match that no one else would think is entertaining mm. or, or, or kind of worthy of any airtime. It can actually just mean so much to so many people, just because it's you know it's it's ours and it's our moment and it's it's such a joy to watch and it's such a like the the scenes afterwards as well. We haven't seen that for mm. for so long. I haven't felt that much pride about us for so long, and it was just really really good to feel I, that. Yeah, uh, I, I kind of want somebody to put a montage of today's game uh, and and back it up with a bit of lighthouse lifted Uh, (laughs) and then at the end finishing it with a bit of Martin with Cutchins my perfect moment Um, (laughs) 
this is an insight yeah, into Charles' that's, that's the way my brain works. <laughs> musical <sorry>. choice. <laughs> and the one thing that I was disappointed about, Jesse, and I don't know how you feel about this, but you mentioned before about the old plastic chair against MK. Last season, we had a bit of a pitch invasion after winning in the last minute against Forest Green. No, no pitch invasion. I mean, I know it was well wrapped up, wasn't it, at the by the full time whistle? But you know, Burton, we're we're in the we're in the John Joe O'Toole Carlsberg versus Carling derby, and we've we've stopped them <laughs> and and put them back in their piss water place. Hmm, yeah, we're we're saving that for for Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if uh, if uh, I'm not sure if Burton away is quite the no, pitch invasion no, territory not yet. yet. <laughs> not yet. We'll save that till till we slaughter <laughs> Arsenal in the next round. Oh dear! Oh, we can, can you imagine? Wish. Can you imagine? Lincoln did it. We did it against Liverpool in the Darling Cup. Speaking of um, after the match, there was a great. <laughs> That's a great moment on the radio where um, Pete Walton, is it Pete Walton was the, was, was the yeah. co-commentator, mm-hmm. I think. I'd only turned it on after the game because I was watching it online. And he said, uh, 4-1's a great result. <laughs> Tim Oglethorpe's corrected them and said 4-2. And Pete Walton just said, yeah, it was 4-2. It's just it's completely <laughs> misheard him. <laughs> Excellent work, Mr. Walton. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> oh, dear. No, it was a really, really, really good game, wasn't it? And I tell you, the one player that... that stands out for me I mean don't get me wrong every single man on that pitch today deserves every accolade that can be thrown at him including a new contract Paul Anderson um but (laughs) (laughs) the Dane Oliver's just been absolutely we've talked about him before haven't we on the pod and you know he's gone from being that 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 signing that we just were a bit unsure of to now being a you know he's got to be first on the team sheet every week hasn't he he is just He's become the talisman for this team. And it's it's fantastic to see. The one thing I was really gutted, and, and I'm sorry, Dan, Danny, and Sam Hoskins, but when Sam Hoskins scored his goal, I was so praying that Vidane was going to have a shot and score himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I, I, I was just like that going, because I, I was watching it on the Bet365 app, and the actual app was slightly ahead of the video feed so the app would kind of update with the score before you would see it happen so it came up as the dane was racing through the app suddenly <laughs> updated to say that we'd scored and and i went started just going go on the dane please the dane and then he <laughs> squared it to hoskins and i was just like oh <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I did celebrate the goal and it was great and it was brilliant, brilliant set-up play by Vidane, but there was a tinge of disappointment that, that Vidane hadn't just smashed it into the roof of the net. The thing is with him, but I think that says oh, more. He's, uh, he's saving it, isn't he, for that fourth round. We're going to get some massive Prem club and then he's <laughs> going to get a hat-trick and we're all going to go mental. <laughs> but the thing is, do you know what I love about him the most? And it, uh, hear me out while I say this. He's a nuisance player. He gets in defender's way doesn't he and I think that's the brilliant thing about him is that um, often when he's he's playing off Andy Williams or Andy Williams is playing off him either way it he'll get in the way and allow Andy Williams that space he'll get in the way and let Sam Hoskins have that space and that's what I love about him he reads the game so well and for a little while it was going unnoticed but he just doesn't stop running um, he's just becoming fast becoming you know, my favourite player of this season, hands down, because he it, it's just the effort. And I think 
what is important to recognise is the fact that he's not scored in the league, but everybody is desperate for him to score. And there's got mm-hmm. to be something about a player when they get when you get to a January in a season they've not scored in the league. But to to say like you said has to be on on the starting lineup. There's something about him. The fact that we're persevering mm. as fans and we're so desperate for him to get that goal just shows enough yeah. about him. It really does. He's just, he's outstanding. He really is outstanding. I, I love him. I think he's brilliant. Danny, is for Dane Oliver the, the new Scott McLeish? <laughs> I wouldn't put him in that kind of bracket because <laughs> I think he's a different kind of player. Scott McLeish was just everything, wasn't he? Um, I would compare him at the minute to, especially after what Chelsea just said, to the Miguel Almiron effect at Newcastle. That he's just one of those players you just love to watch because he just runs around and and just causes so much havoc. But you just want him to get that goal, and when he does, the place is just going to go absolutely mental. <laughs> and I don't know who else to compare him to. I mean, at the start of the season, I was comparing him to Clive Platt because I just thought he was just a lumbering forward that is just a journeyman and all this kind of thing. And he's completely turned things around. He whether he's changed his game, I'm not sure because I'm not sure how he was at at Morecambe. They didn't seem too um, too displeased to let him go and, and everything. Um, whether that's Curl, I'm not sure, but he's got to have some sort of connection to Curl to be able to to want to put in that effort and to want to to want to maybe change his game and not automatically think I'm just going to go for goal. But prime example mm. today, just doing all the running and setting up Hoskins, um, it is going to get noticed, especially by our fans who do appreciate that kind of player. And I, yeah, I just I think it's brilliant. I, I I take you to exhibit A, if you like. Certain players mm-hmm. react to certain managers really well, don't they? Prime example: Chris Wilder, mm-hmm. John Joe O'Toole. You know, once mm-hmm. Wilder figured Joe, John Joe out, suddenly O'Toole was the best player that we'd ever had. Look at what Wilder's doing at Sheffield United. He's got what is it? Ravel Morrison. He's got there. Yeah, Musset's there. Who who have they just signed? They've just signed Jack somebody Rodwell. else. Yeah, Jack, Jack Rodwell. Jack Rodwell, isn't it? I mean, if anyone mm. can get mm. Jack Rodwell playing to the standard that he should be able to play at, then it will be Chris Wilder. But I mean, it must be something that essentially, as you say, Danny, that that Curl and Verdane just they're a match made in footballing heaven. <laughs> match made in Morecambe. <laughs> um, yeah, well, man, I do. I do want to mention Charlie Goode as well at some point because I think he was outstanding as well today. Header off the floor. Um, <laughs> then the header off the floor is the start of it. I mean, that was just ridiculous. I mean, it, it, if you're going to say who in our squad's going to do a header off the floor, it's, yeah, it's Charlie Goode. There's only one name. And, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought it was just outstanding today as well. Just especially in the second half when we had a bit of a barrage coming towards us in the first 10, 15 minutes mm. of the second half. He was just in the way of everything. Every every cross, they were coming a lot down our uh, right-hand side and he was just clearing everything. Wharton as well, putting a shift. But um, you just think those kind of players just love a game like this when they're the underdog and they've got something to battle against. Um, I think we, we just need to get that spirit into every league game now. I was going to say, actually, with this, is that, that's the benchmark now, isn't it? That performance today is the benchmark for the rest of the season. And not only for the players and the management team, but but also now for the fans, because we're going to be expecting, well, if you if you if they don't play as well as that in the future, then we're going to be asking questions. Well, why is it you can get up against 
Burton, who, let's face it, it's not a huge giant killing, really. In terms of the size of the two clubs, okay, Burton are a league above us at the moment, and they've been up to the championship in recent times. But, you know, their ground holds less than six fields does. You know, we've not made as much money out of this tie as we could have done had we drawn somebody like, uh, I don't know, even in, even in League One, you could go to Blackpool and make more money. So it's not that big a giant killing, really, in hindsight, when you look at it that way. But you go there and you do put in that performance, you've got to now start sort of thinking, well, if we can do it against them, we should be doing it against the likes of Port Vale, Stevenage, Mm. whoever else is really rubbish. (laughs) I think the key to that also is don't just let the players do that. We as fans need to go and do that as well. Our fans were just incredible today. I thought, um, and what was it, about 1,400 of them, even more probably. Um, there's not going to be that many at Salford, but... I'll be there. I'll be fine. We, you'll <laughs> be there, Charles. He's going to have another day out like he did the crew. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? We've got to go there and try and do that again and just from the off, just create that atmosphere in the away end as if it's another Burton. And we've all just got to do bring them on book because it must lift them on the pitch and, you, and then when we get back to six fields against who's the next home game um, um, is it Leighton Orient oh no well next home game sorry guys will be Morecambe oh we need to slaughter that oh, yeah. Morecambe. Oh, okay there we go so I mean, I mean that's a prime example isn't it we've, we've somehow got to turn up to six fields and create an atmosphere against Morecambe easier said than done <laughs> but if we can do it you know that's what builds and builds and builds a club mm. towards promotion. Uh, you need it from the stands as well as on the pitch. I think as well it's important to mention that we actually have pulled off that so-called giant killing without arguably two of our most key players at, at the moment in time. So I think yeah. we need to, fans need to take something from that as well. You know, they need to take courage in the fact that we we've done really well without McCormack and McWilliams, who you know dominate midfield. And I think we really need to look at that and have a bit more faith in the midfield and, and let them play from it and in- encourage them. Mm. We've just got to go and impose ourselves on teams. We have, we? yeah. Like, don't, let's not sit back on teams. Let's let's go and beat Salford. Let's go and beat Morecambe. Let's not wait for them to come at us. You know, let's get that winning mentality in the players now um, and get something going because we've got a base from what we've done in the first half of the season and we're there and thereabouts, which is where we want to be. Um, you know, let's... Let's go and just beat teams and just get on with it. Completely, yes. Um, could I just mention Carl's quote from us? Uh, yeah, game, sorry, I've not heard anything or seen anything. Our game plan. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, it kind of ties into what we were saying about Verdane Oliver and how important he was. But uh, <laughs> Carl afterwards, he said, um, attacking-wise, we had two plans. Plan A was getting the ball into them aerially and getting runners off them. Plan B was more of the same. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's got to be a bit of a dig at people like us, hasn't it? Let's be fair. It's got to be. I'm Alan Neal and it's all cobblers to me. Looking forward then. Well, in a moment, we're going to talk about our next game, which is away at Salford on Saturday, but also round four of the FA Cup. Now, we are recording on Sunday night. We're releasing this for sort of Tuesday morning. So the fourth round draw will have been made by the time that you hear this, but yay for Man City away. Um, So (laughs) if that actually works, that'll be amazing. Um, (laughs) um, 
But um, it's not all about just who we're going to play. It's also the fact that, obviously, we are in January. The transfer window is open. The fact that we're through to the fourth round means, well, yay for more money. Isn't that right, Danny? It is. Um, and what we've got about 135,000 yeah. um, for what we've got so far. And then 45% of the gate from yes, from, from today, sorry. Um, £5.50, yeah. Which is yes, not much. <laughs> um, but then there's this, I didn't realise this, but there's a divisional divisional bonus as well if we're the only team left in the division in the Ooh. cup, which is 250000 Um Ooh. And then obviously whatever we get in the next round, whether it be TV or gate share, another like 45% over the away gates. Um, I mean, it's potentially, you know, club changing, isn't it? In some ways, um, even if it's just to keep us going for a bit longer. I mean, that's something else in this day and age isn't it? <laughs> to, to just be like, you know, we've got a bit of money in the coffers, but does it change our transfer window a little bit? I'm not sure. Whether I, I for one, hope it doesn't. And the reason why is 5U Sport. That's that's my yes. reason. Because because that summer window for Justin Edinburgh was changed. All of his plans went out the window when we suddenly got apparent money from China. Uh, whether it came in or not, that's by the by. But the plans definitely changed. And suddenly, you know, we, we ended up with players like Matt Crooks, who were on a lot mm-hmm. more money than what was probably budgeted for beforehand. So I kind of hope that the money that we earn from this cup run, we do something a la Lincoln did with their cup run money. Yeah, they built a training ground, didn't they? Yeah. Built a water park. <laughs> Just because Neil's not here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it could do things like offering Paul Anderson a better contract or something, couldn't it? Things like that, just to build on what we've got. Yeah, you're right. They're, yeah, build on what we've got. Maybe, yeah, bolster the, the squad in terms of, you know, those short-term signings. Michael Harriman, he, he's obviously signed a new contract, hasn't he, to uh, to stay with us until the end of the season. Um, so, Neil will be back at some point. Um, <laughs> uh, unlucky. Um, but, yeah, I just don't want to see it now go, you know, if Curl has got, you know, a list of prospects, players that he wants to bring in and I don't particularly want him to now tear that up and go right well now we've been on this cup run we can go out and we can buy I don't know Zidane Owen Doyle Owen Doyle oh, well, that's very different <laughs> <laughs> love our minds that's how our minds work <laughs> but yeah so that, that's that's where I'm kind of at I'd rather if we're going to use it for transfers I'd rather save it until summer just invest it I think invest it because in these times, like Danny said, you don't know what's going to happen with the club in the next couple of years. You know, we could we could go up this year and then really struggle in League One, and that money might come in handy. You know, keep keep hold of it and invest it into the into the youth. Even you know, get get some good youth players coming through. Just use it wisely. Don't don't spend it frivolously. I think is the right word. Ooh, good word. Like the danger, I will say, with that is and. and it's not a danger for the club, obviously. It's actually more of a danger for what some parts of the fan base will think. Obviously, the club is supposedly £5 million in debt. Yes, to its owners. You know, I, I, there are going to be people who will argue that if we don't see something actually being spent that could have come from this cup run, then, then people will argue, well, it's, you know, the owners have just swallowed up that money. And, just, and I'm not saying that there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but there are you know, going to be those questions asked, I think. 
I'm Chris Hargreaves, and it's all cobblers to me. Back to a Saturday kickoff for the first time in what feels like a year. Three o'clock, none of this uh, Sunday two o'clock nonsense anymore, hopefully. And uh, yeah, Salford away. First time we'll have ever been there. First time I'll have been there as well. I am going to go. Come and say hello. Danny, you're not coming though, are you? You didn't want to make the trip to uh, wet Manchester. Uh, I was going to, but then you said you were going to... um... <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> Door goes it. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I couldn't also find uh, any Salford fans, so I'm going to presume that that's because they don't have any. So instead, um, Danny, you like looking at opposition teams, don't you? I- I'm wondering if you can tell us anything about Salford at all. Yeah, they've been a bit indifferent, really, haven't they, uh, this season? Especially after losing to us two uh, 0 was it? Mm-hmm. Um, early in the season and you were expecting them to be a little bit more I don't know have a bit more of a presence in this league I think when they came up there was a lot of hype around them with the with the United four or whatever they are at the ownership but I mean they haven't pulled up too many trees really have they they're they're what 12th they've been really on and off sort of a couple of results here a couple of results there but then some hammerings and some defeats so they're they're slap bang in mid table and not a lot has been happening despite some of the hype and they didn't bring a lot of fans to six wheels either did they oh, that was, it was atrocious um, it was yeah and again i was expecting a big following i thought you know they're progressing they're they're coming up you know billy big balls <laughs> um of a, of a club um it just hasn't felt that they're getting to that point yet um, no maybe that's just the past no teams that come up in the past making their presence known more than they should or whether it's them underperforming. I'm not quite sure. Well, they were expected to be one of the the promotion contenders, weren't they? And that's that's probably more just down to how much money that they supposedly have, um, having been bankrolled by the Premier League's golden era. Um, But they find themselves in 12th place halfway through the season, halfway through the league. So, I mean, you know, the, the... they're not really doing anything, are they? They're not. They're not making you know spectacular leaps. But then again, I, I suppose actually you'd probably say that it's still going to be a successful season for them. Um, they have kind of cemented themselves into League Two, or, although they still don't have a badge when you Google them, which I think is quite funny. <laughs> I think we we have to be a little bit wary of them. Them in terms of the transfer window, I think we're actually. Uh, as a club and a fixture, we're quite fortunate that we play them on the 11th and not the 29th of this month because um, they're not going to have a lot of time to get a few players in. And I I think with their financial ability and flexibility as such, they will get quite a few decent players in because they they want to move up these leagues. It's quite obvious that they have a a financial motive and their idea is to get the club as, as far as possible. And if that means bringing in four really good players in January, well, that's what they'll do because they'll throw money at it. So I think we're quite fortunate, actually, that we're playing them fairly early in this transfer window just in case they get a few decent players that that change that then that changes everything when you play them. But then would you go to them if they're getting a bucket load of money? They would. It's true. It's true. Um, but there's also a thing of how ambitious are the owners for this season? Do they see successes mid-table or do they see that they want to push on and get up straight away? And that's what will probably di- um, dictate what they do in this month. Interestingly, um, I didn't realise this, but they actually play on Tuesday night in the uh, football league. EFL Champions League trophy, 
Um, Champions they're League. at home oh. to Port Vale. Now, you know, what, what's that going to be? Is that going to be the quarterfinals? Area quarterfinals, maybe? Um, Third round? Probably, I don't yeah. know. I'm not really sure. Yeah, well, yeah, this. we're not in it, so we don't really care. But, um, you know, they may want to progress in that. So there, there's a risk that, well, not a risk, but a risk for them, I suppose, that they, they put out a relatively decent squad for that game and, and leave themselves more tired than we are. I mean, we can hope, I suppose. But also, the other thing that I will say is that is there a risk that coming off this high from the weekend's game against Burton, are we on a hiding to nothing for the weekend? What do you think, Chessie? I'd, I'd hope not. I hope we could come off the back of this and, and you know, just go straight in and, and slaughter them. Um, from what I remember when we played them, because I was up there, that was the end of Sean's boycott. <laughs> um, and uh, and they didn't look very good. They really didn't. Uh, they played with quite a high line. Mm. Um, but they, and that and I remember we had a discussion at halftime, Danny, actually, wasn't it? it was a, they could punish us through the, the high line that they hold. But actually... I'd like to think that we could we could really do a job on them and and get the job done and sorted um, fairly early on in the game because they didn't look strong. They we exposed a few of their weaknesses and, and we're stronger than we were then. I have to say, much stronger. Um, I don't know whether that says more about them than it does us, but but I I think we'll be okay. I mean, I'll probably eat my words in a few days. But... <laughs> the way the way it will always be with this podcast, I think. Um, any decent standout players that you've noticed for them at all, Danny? Um, there's the obvious Adam Rooney, isn't there? There's he's the main man, the main signing that he, they brought in a couple of seasons ago. That um, I'm sure I've asked you this before, but is he a relation to Wayne? Uh, no, no, he's ginger. No, he's not. But he came. <laughs> but he came. He, he he signed from from Aberdeen. Yeah, uh, by Ash. I don't. Uh, from what I remember of that Salford home game. He didn't really do an awful lot. He didn't. No, he feels like possibly the type of player that needs better players around him. But um, I think he's also the type of player that will take a chance, though, if he does get one. So I think we have got to be aware of him. I'm sure Charlie Goode will have a plan for him. and <laughs> Stick his head um, on the floor and hope for the best. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's the thing, though. We've played everyone once, so the players are going to be really aware of what what's coming. Uh, there's going to be no surprises now. Um Keith Curl and the coaching team will have a proper good background on how they play and, and what they do. And I don't see any reason why why there's going to be too much of a danger. But again, like Chessie, I'm probably going to eat my words when he scores a hat-trick against us on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go for some predictions then. Um, Chessie, we'll start with you this week. 2-0. Uh, Cobblers, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Uh, goal scorers for that? Ooh, uh, I would say Charlie Goode. And okay. Nicky Adams. Oh, yeah. Nicky Adams I, on a roll I now. Think that'd be Ad- good, I think it? now the shackles are off. Yeah. That's it with Nicky. No. He's had a taste. He wants more. Yeah, of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for a win. Uh, 2-1, I think. Um, Vidane's going to score because no, he's going to make my I'm day. Not there. No, it's got to be Morecambe. It's, it's got to be against Morecambe. It's tough. No, he's going to get. He's he'll get his hat trick against Morecambe. He'll score once this weekend just to get the ball rolling, and that will then his shackles will come off, and you'll you'll see, you'll see. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, I think Vidane will uh, open the scoring, and then I think Andy Williams will get uh, the second one. 
Um, but I, I actually think it's going to be a fairly comfortable afternoon, dare I say <laughs> We've it. really set ourselves up. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Daddy, what's yours? Um, after the Lord Mayor's show springs to mind, but <laughs> hopefully not. But I'm, uh, I don't know. I can, I've just got a feeling this might be a one-all. I think we're going to go behind uh, early on. But then late on, uh, Jordan Turnbull is going to pop up with a, a nice little equaliser. And I think that'll be all right. Hmm. Depending on how the rest of the results go, yeah, one all. Good. Okay. I've got Neil's prediction here. Oh, you have. Oh, good. It. That, that's good minute. news. Yeah. Let's let's hear yeah, it then. then uh, just get it open. Uh, seven four. He's gone four. <laughs> Fabulous. Seven four. He doesn't name his goal scorers. Does he not? Let's make them up then. No. Um, Michael Bagel. Michael Neil Harriman hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bagel Scott Pollock he nearly oh, scored today didn't he he did I would have loved that if that went in by the way um, quickly just let's go just very very quickly did we have a striker on the pitch at the end of the game um, he was on Pollock came on for Vidane Hoskins or... he's not really a, an out striker though is he let's be honest <laughs> I ask again did we have a striker on the pitch <laughs> I, I was kind of thinking attacking, full, attacking forward but I, yeah not out and out striker I don't know yeah, fair enough I don't know you, you were saying that there's not going to be any more surprises, Danny. I, that's going to be the surprise. We're going to rock up at like Macclesfield or somewhere and not play any strikers. Go strikerless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, Harry Smith's out now, isn't he, for however long? Um, yeah. So we could we uh, there's potential we'll dip into the transfer market for a loan maybe for end of the forward. That's what would have usually happened, isn't it? Harry Smith would have come on and tried to hold the ball mm. up, but. Um, I think today we didn't have that Welcome, option. Jordan yeah. Abire. Uh, <laughs> Abire. Oh, what is, is it? Is it not Jordan? I don't know his first name. No, Jabo. Jabo. There we go. The hut. Yes. <laughs> right. Brilliant. Fabulous. Um, well, next week we will be back. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, it's good to be back in the podcast sphere and in your ears. Hopefully, Neil will be with us next week. Um, but. From now until then, I hope you enjoy Salford on Saturday. Let's see. Shall we go and sign some players maybe, Keith? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? See you later. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.